And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. That's right, I am the punk because I'm here talking to my man, Big Josh. And I'm ready to go because I want everyone to know, Big Josh is late. Big Josh has been late. He is late, 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 late. I have been doing this podcast now for the last 20 minutes. I have now stopped because he has decided to join us. And God bless you for waking up, you bastard. I know. What a scumbag I am. (laughs) Seriously, I I just don't know what happened. I went to bed knowing that we were supposed to film at 5. We don't normally film this day. We normally film the next day. I don't know what it was, but I set my alarm for my normal time to get up at fucking 5.30. I normally get up right before it. the alarm goes off. and Not this time, man. Of course. (laughs) Not this time. I'm like, <laughs> the alarm the alarm goes off. And I look at it. I'm like, I, it goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, go, you go from zero to 100 like yeah. that. It sucks. Yeah. It's so funny. Why can't you get up? Why can't we get up that way normally every morning? Because yeah. you'll have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, hey, you're, you're in LA, right? You're uh, visiting the I'm, family. I am down here with uh, my dad's place. That's why you see all this fine stuff behind me, beautiful pictures and stuff. Set up. I got my stuff up on books. Everything's balanced. It's all fantastic. I'm ready to go. Can't wait. And uh, you also went to the services for Eric the trainer. He had uh, yeah. yesterday, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, a, uh, celebration of life for him. Uh, I, I just all that stuff. Horrible. John, it just feels like it's all around us right now, man. It's just, it's really, it's, it's really a Debbie. It, it's like one of those Debbie Downers every single damn, every time I turn around, yeah. something, someone's passing, something's going on, heart problems, issues, you know, and just, it's really bothering me. I mean, it has been for a little bit, you know, um, but hey, like you said, it was with Eric, it was more of a celebration of life, you know, a position. And, uh, I think I wish we would do more of those, you know, it just yeah. seems to be like every time when someone passes, we, we, you know, it puts everyone in a bad mood. I wish more people would get together and just talk about our, at least express, you know, all the good things about these people that have, 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 we've lost because there's so many, so many good stories to tell. There is. And, yeah. And, uh, Eric was, uh, Eric was definitely someone that was just full of life. You know, you know it's one, it one of those things when you look and you go, I never, ever in my life, and I'm being honest when I say this, Josh, I'm a pretty positive person. Now I'm I'm a bit of a jerk. I know I <laughs> walk around with a frown on my face, but it's not because I'm mad. I'm just concentrating, which is not easy for me to do. So <laughs> glad you finally admitted it. <laughs> okay, so you know, Eric was the most positive person yeah. I ever met in my life, and you know, we we ended up having a great relationship. Uh, he came to my gym, you know, uh, to film something at one point, and he just you know he started off with saying, "We should work out together," right? And at the time. You know, I was doing all right, but I was starting to get a little bit out of shape. And I said, yeah, yeah. You know, and and he, uh, he says, no, no. He says, you know, he says, when do you want to work out? We, we'll work out, right? And he had this, like, he was weird. I'm just being mm, honest. He was no, weird. I get it. Yeah. You know, but it was this infectious. He was so energetic, so just gung-ho for life. That I said, I, you know, you tell me when. He goes, tomorrow. <laughs> I know, tomorrow. <laughs> right? And, and it just started that way. And then. You know, through him, I, you know, I brought him into the world of MMA. He brought me into his celebrity training stuff. I, I went all over 
you know, all over, you know, all over the United States, sometimes parts of, you know, internationally to do stuff mm. with him, to go train people, to do all these different things. And he was so full of life. He was, of all the people, he was one of the most positive people I ever met. Yeah. And uh, he, inf he infected so many people's lives with joy mm -hmm. by making them feel so good about, you know, they, they were so worried about what other people saw. They were worried about the outside, the you know what the mirror told them, instead of looking towards the inside. And he was so good at grabbing that inside, and making it feel good to the point where the outside just changed. And he was able to make it be this you know thing that they wanted to be, and he was magic with it. And I'm gonna miss him. You know, it was one of those things that you look at and you'll never understand. But you know, it was good to get to, you know to see a lot of the people I hadn't seen in a while. And uh, get to talk about him, and, you know, tell a couple stories. But uh, I'm going to miss him. Yeah, I saw a lot of the uh, pictures you had posted. And, uh, I'm assuming some of them were overseas or were they local? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah some of them were overseas. Yeah, he. I agree with you, though. He he caught me off guard, too, the very first time I met him. Yeah. I was like, this guy seems, he's a very, it was a pretty he's big strange. guy. Pretty, yeah, he's strange. It <laughs> seemed weird, but. Like you said, it was more on a good type of weird. Like, oh, how, yeah. can someone, how can someone be this nice? Yep. You know, especially when you live, like, you know, around in, in, in cities and, like, in San Jose. Like, for us, not everyone's friendly. No. You know, I mean, it's like you go to the smaller cities. Let's just say, like, you live in a smaller city outside of, you know, you go, like, Patterson, California. Or you go to, like, you know, little these little towns. People are saying hi to each other as they walk through. You get in big cities, and this is where I met him. I met him, I believe I met him in L.A. Uh, at the... Uh, the LA Fit Expo. Fit Expo? Yeah, the Fit Expo. And he, yeah. he was just so nice and just, and it, it was very weird. I was like, uh, a little standoffish at first, but then he just, and then he hit me up through, you know, um, through social media. I was like, hey, man, I'm around. Like, you know, if you ever want to go do the USO tour, you don't want to do like, I do this all the time. And so, you know, like, we have a group of us, I'll tell you. And so I was, I think I was supposed to go to Afghanistan with him at yeah. one point. I was and, supposed um, to go to there. That got yeah. called off, but yeah. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So yeah. maybe we were gonna go together. And we probably were. Maybe. Anyways, but uh, he he was a, he was a great person, absolutely great person, and uh, feel for his wife, you know. Yeah. And uh, I believe he has a daughter, correct? He's got a son. A son. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, that's it's a sad. Like you said, there's nothing we can do to explain it, but uh, it's a rough time. Um. All right. Well, you want to get ready to move on with the show? Let's go, baby. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. But first, before we start, go to WayneAmMerch.com. Pick up some of our new merch. Like I said, we've got new new quality stuff. Hopefully, to get some sweats up there and some other gear up there. Can you scroll down there for me, Dave? At WayneAmMerch.com. There is no 20% off codes in that because we priced everything perfectly for you guys just to pick it up. Great Christmas gifts. If you know someone that listens to our show, snatch a hat. We've got hats now. All different types of hats. And uh, I love the hat that says, let's get it on. Let's get it on. <laughs> whoever, whoever would say something like that. I was wondering why we never use that. I don't understand. <laughs> why? Cause, why? Because I, I try to avoid it. Oh, jeez. No way, man. That's why yeah. I, I've just married myself to the punk, the name. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm like, fuck it. Like, why, why try to fight it anymore? It's already... I mean, Almost 50 years old, I'm still trying to fight the nickname. Gosh, I'm like, really? Come on. Isn't that for like 20-year-olds or 18 or 12-year-olds? Come Might on. Be. Nah. Nah, you can no. barely fight for real, so don't try and fight. Oh, oh geez. look at that. Jeez. Says the guy Damn. who has the fat. This is the guy who throws the fastest windmill and thinks he's winning a fight. 
<laughs> head down, <laughs> schoolyard throwing this guy. So and then I uh somebody you don't remember the video I not the video, but the pictures I sent Dave where I posted in the group chat of the of the of the wrestling. The oh guy the guy taking the other guy's pants down, wrestling that oh, way. Yeah. I said this is this so I had like three people send that to me in my DM saying this must be the wrestling that Dave does. <laughs> <laughs> so they obviously listen to our show. It was great. I thought it was great. All right. Well, let's get ready to start on the um on uh on the UFC talk. But before we get started, go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code weighing in. Check out some of the odds there. And uh I want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. But that's at mybookie.ag. Use our promo code weighing in. Let's go right into the main events. UFC 282, and you've got you know Jan Blahovich versus uh Magomed Arkalaev. John, it's a good fight, man. This is a really good fight. It, it depends, though, on how Jan, on how, if if uh, Uncle Live uses his wrestling or not, if he makes it a stand-up fight. This this fight gets real interesting if Uncle Live decides to stand the whole time. It, it is exactly what you're saying. Unfortunately, this card has kind of fallen apart with you know a lot of different things going on. It's, it's, this is what happens in the fight game. You know, promotion-wise, the UFC is handling it the best that they can. Because this was supposed to be Yuri Prochaska against Glover Teixeira, number two, which, like, that was a great fight. Mm-hmm. They can sit there and say what they want. And, yes, there was a lot of, when you look at mistakes made, techniques that were not, you know, done to the way they were supposed to be, maybe mm-hmm. would have finished the fight, all these things. But that's what made it such a great fight because both guys had such heart in it. And you wanted to see it again. This was supposed to be the co-main. Now this is for the championship. Glover did not take the um, the opportunity to switch opponents and take on Ankalaev as the opponent for the the belt. He felt that you know what he needed to train for his specific style. I don't blame him. I think he was right. Uh, but Jan was in a position where, hey, man, this is perfect. All, I'm fighting the same guy, and now it's for the title. Jan needs to do certain things. And if you're looking at this fight, it's it's pretty basic. Look, both of them have the ability to take the other guy down if they try. I don't think they're going to try too much. I think Uncle Live will be more uh, appealing towards getting into a clinch at a certain point and working at taking Jan down because it'll take him away from Jan's game of throwing power. You look at the stand-up, Uncle Live has got power, but he doesn't utilize it the same as... Yawn. He likes to touch, touch, hit, hit you with volume, start to, you know, get you off balance and then try to really launch a missile at you to do damage. Yawn, everything he throws for the most part has got power on it. He's trying to take your head off from the start. So, you know, looking at it, I see Yawn basically almost saying, I'll take one of yours to give you one of mine. That's going to be kind of his aspect in. I think he's going to really try to press Uncle Iav, be in his face. Uncle Iav's got very good footwork. He moves very well. He's going to try to use that to gain that distance so he can just do what he does in the stand-up and touch him and stay away from the right-hand power of Jan Blahovich. It's a good fight. It's just not the fight that I wanted to see. Yeah, I would agree. I think everyone would probably agree with you on that. Is that, you know, like you said, the fight is kind of started, the card is finally is falling apart a little bit, and it's kind of affecting... Um, how the, I mean, how they're going to kind of sell this as a pay per view? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, they're they the turnout. I guess because it's all so many people probably already, already bought tickets 
previously oh, yeah. before, but that you normally get what people don't understand is that they normally get about 2000, maybe if you're lucky, 3000 walk up, you'll get that amount of time, amount of people walking up. Now is this want to be one of those fights where that people just, they look at it and they go, you know what? I can just buy the pay-per-view, you know, if, especially if you're already in Vegas, you're like, you know what? I'll hear about it later. Yeah. I, I decided not to go, you know, I'd rather just go to the club or I'd rather go play top golf or I'd rather go hang out and have a nice steak dinner with some friends, whatever it is. You know, if they're if they're in Vegas visiting, they don't want to spend the type of money to actually go inside the arena. Then they can just watch it in a pay per view event somewhere. So that's something to keep on the mind. But I do I do agree this is a very good fight. But I think it all comes down to Uncle Live on whether he wrestles or not because I don't know if John has enough. I don't think he has the ability to stop Uncle Live's wrestling when he wrestles, and I don't think that Yawn can take Uncle Live down if he gets in trouble. So I mean. If he's if he's lucky, catches him off transition. I could see that, but I don't think I also don't think that Jan's going to try to take him down. He's going to try to sprawl and brawl, keep yep. this thing on the feet. But if Uncle Ive is smart, he will try to let the hands fly, let some of those kicks go, keep him at range, you no know, circle away from the right hand, and then when he overcommits or when he starts to slow down a little bit, then work on the wrestling or try to wrestle him right away to slow him down to take away his power right off the bat. Uh, that would be the smartest move is to pressure, pressure, and then try to get in deep on the takedowns, make him fight, make him fight, you know, fill his arms up with some blood, make him, make him a little bit slower. He is getting older. What, John, 39? Yeah. So there's after. a, there's a lot of things that are in that mix, you know, with Glover and with Jan. They're getting older in age. So what is he? 39. So he's getting, he's getting older in age. And when they get older in age, it just, the pop's not there after a couple big time exchanges. You got it. You need a little bit more extra time to recover. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind when you guys are watching this fight. But I think I think I agree with you. If Uncle Live decides to keep it on the feet, this fight could get interesting. No, it really could. And I, I do believe that, just like you, I think that Uncle Live at least has to put it into Glover. I mean, say Glover has to put it in Yablohovich's mind that, hey, I'm willing to 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 grapple with you. I'm willing mm-hmm. to take you down. I'll just be the one deciding when it's going to happen so that Jan has to at least give respect to that. That'll slow down some of his approach in trying to pressure uh, Magomed. The real question here is, can Jan land that big shot? Because, look, he's got enough power he can put anybody out, but it doesn't come as you know fast as it used to, and that little bit of timing difference mm-hmm. can make you know huge differences in someone's ability to see it, their ability to counter it, and so, not taking anything away from Jan, he's still very dangerous. He's still a great fighter. But right now, look at this is Uncle Elias' fight to lose. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. He should be winning this fight. It's does he fight a smart fight? If he does, he's going to win. If he doesn't, Jan Blahovich will end up beating him. You know, the Uncle Elias and Glover fight is a very interesting fight because I don't know if Uncle Elias wants to take him down. No, that's the you know it's like. I, he, he may want to be on top of him. I just don't know. I don't know. That that makes for an interesting fight. And can Glover take him down? Because if Glover does get him down, I think he's in trouble. He's in a lot, Almost everyone's in trouble if, if Glover's able to get you down. Yeah, but Glover's not fighting him. So. No, I get it. But I'm saying, <laughs> but there is a possibility that Glover would get the winner of this. Yeah, there is a possibility. But it's, you know, and I thought, you know, going back on it, I think Glover was smart in saying, hey, yeah. I'm not ready to fight that style. I, I didn't train for it. My opponent was completely different, yeah. and he's right. You know, Yuri is very you know wild and, and mm-hmm. approaches things completely differently. 
So I thought Glover made the right choice. And you're right. If, you know, Ankalaya fights Glover, I don't think, personally, I don't think it's a great fight for Glover yeah. based upon the speed of Ankalaya in the stand-up. And then look at, he's very elusive. He's hard to hit. And he's got very good wrestling. It's going to be very tough for Glover to take him down. Yeah. I think Glover made the right decision as well. Um, it just sucks because I would have liked to have seen that fight. Yep. And, and maybe we'll see it afterwards. We'll see what happens. But yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's move on to the co-main event. Patty Pimlet taking on Jared Gordon. Nice. All right. Josh, well, we'll hop into the odds real quick. Yep. Yep. I will. Can we talk about the fight first? Or are we going to talk about the odds? Oh, no. Me? We should. We, we, we need to do the odds on. Uh, Jan Blachowicz versus Magda. Okay. Well, let's do it. Let's, let's do jump it. into weighing in on the odds. So you got weighing in on the odds at mybookie.ag. Use our promo code. Well, there we go. There's that just in case. <laughs> oh, man. So we've got the uh, Ankalaev versus uh, Jan Blachowicz fights. You got Ankalaev at minus, Dave, what does that say? 250 or 290? 254? 294. 294 at a minus 294 is uh, Magomed Ankalaev. And a plus 221 is Jan Blahovich. Yeah. I look at that. And look, I'm being honest. I think Ankalaev is the favorite. I think he's the one that should win the fight. Mm -hmm. If you're going to bet in that position, I really would. I'd put the money on Ankalaev. I, I hate to put out $300 to win 100 and that's basically mm -hmm. what you're doing there. But I think I would go more towards the over. If you're looking at it, it's three and a half on the over. Uh, I think it's what is it? Minus one twenty. Yeah, on the on the under is minus one twenty three, and on the over is one oh three. Yeah, and the over at one oh three, I think is a good bet. Yeah, I think you know, I think Jan is tough enough to take a lot of what Ankalaev does for a while. Uncle Iev doesn't try to load up on shots. He, again, he tries to volume you and then hurt you and then, you know, take you out of the fight. It's going to take him a while to, you know, wear Jan down. Mm -hmm. So I think the fight's going to go over the three and a half. And I think it's a good bet because you're basically at even money. You put a hundred dollars mm -hmm. down, you're getting a hundred dollars back. That's not a bad bet. Yeah, John, I'm not betting on this fight. It's just too many things. <laughs> just being honest, man. There's just too many things that could happen. I mean, Jan could catch him coming in. Jan's got the power to, you know, he got that Polish power. He can just put anyone's lights out in no time. Uh, and Uncle Live has been proven not to fight smart sometimes. What I mean by not fight smart is that he doesn't utilize the wrestling when he should utilize the wrestling. Now, I know he's been able to get everyone out of there, but why play with fire that, that long? He continues to do it with fights where he should take the get, or at least wrestle a little bit. He doesn't do it. He sticks with the stand up. He's fallen in love with the stand up. I think he's a, he's an extremely well rounded fighter, but. When it comes down to these type of fights where you have a chance to capture the title, I'd like to see him try and maybe utilize the wrestling a little bit more. I'm not confident that he's going to do it. So for me, I'd stay away from this fight. My personal opinion. You My, are such a coward. I'm a candy ass. <laughs> Big time candy ass. All right. Well, let's get into uh, Jared Gordon and Patty Pimblett. What are you thinking there, uh, John? You know, this is, this is a good fight for... Uh, Patty Pimlet, let's be honest, they're not looking to get Patty beat, but Jared could be a guy that could beat him if Patty makes mistakes. And that's the one question. Look, does Patty make mistakes? Yes, he does. Yeah. He makes big mistakes in fights. And if you get a guy that can be disciplined and catch him in those mistakes, he can put him in a lot of trouble. Now, he's not an easy guy to get rid of. But the one thing that has been seen with Patty Pimlet is put him on his back and he has a hard time getting himself up 
he can be dangerous as far as you know throwing up submissions, but for the most part, Jared Gordon's very good on the ground too. He should be able to avoid those submissions. So in looking at this fight, if I'm Jared Gordon, I'm going out there. I don't want to be on the feet long with Patty because Patty actually has some power in his hands and he, he moves fairly well. And so I want to put him on his back. I want to make it as gritty and grimy and dirty of a fight as I can make it. I want him to be frustrated. I want him to be looking up at that referee like, was that, can he do that? You know, I want him to be thinking of, oh my God, I can't stop what this guy's doing. And I'm, I've only got another round. I want him to be in that he's almost on the defensive. And Jared Gordon can do that. Now, will he do that? That's the question that, you know, you look at because as you get into these types of fights, when you're Jared, Jared is, you know, both of them, Jared and Patty have never been a co-main event in the UFC. Mm. They've never been in that position. Patty has been in the main card. I think Jared might have been in the main card once. I'm not sure mm. that he even has, you know, done that. And so you get into that co-main event and you got all that pressure that you want to be impressive and you got to fight smart. This is about being a smart fighter, someone that uses a good game plan and make Patty start to worry, make him be feel frustrated, make it to where he makes those mistakes. That's how, if you're Jared Gordon, you get your win. Yeah, because you can pull, I think, the fighter out of Patty Pimlet and make him fight. Yeah. Stupid. You yeah. can do that by just getting in his grill, throwing shots. You know, now you may get knocked down in the exchange. Yeah, you could. You, know, that you could. But there's also, I mean, the, some of the fighters that he's fought in the past have been able to drop him to his butt. Now, he's fought through it. He's had some co- good comeback, you know, wins. He does not fight smart normally, you know. I, but I also look at him, too, is that he finds it. He's confident in what he can do, Patty Pimlet. Yeah. And so I think... He understands, like, look, I'm going to let it all hang until I need to survive. Then I'll survive. Then I'll come back out and let it all hang again. So he's got that. He's got that ability um, to just let the the flow of the fight go. Now, what happens in this situation, though, John, like you were talking about being the co-main event, bright lights. Everyone's going to already be there. They're not just showing up for the main event. Yeah, more pressure. That adrenaline dump is for real. And so Jared Gordon, though, that look on his face or that that mindset after if he does drop Patty or if he does get him in compromising position and then Patty gets out is, oh, what do I do now? Those yeah, things that, are real. That, yeah. that, that Those type of that, that mentality and those situations that go through your mind as you're fighting, they're real. Oh, yeah, and so are. when and then Patty seems to be the guy that like, oh, I'm good. Like just to, to keep rolling with the punches that he puts himself in those positions all the time. So this will be a fight that Jared Gordon's going to have to understand. I can hurt him. I can rock him. I can do all of these things, but I've got to stay composed. I got to just keep chipping away, keep chipping away. And eventually I'll catch him. So don't fret. Don't, don't pressure it too much. If you do get him in trouble, cause Patty will still be there after that. And he showed that he showed us that. I think it was his first fight, right? His very first fight. He got dropped. And he was weathering the storm in that very first fight that he had in the UFC. Um, <clears throat> I look for Patty to come out and be a showman. That's, oh, he's gonna want to be. Yeah, that's who he is. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like you see it, you see it with Kevin Holland last weekend. I look at it this way: is that he's he Patty's not maybe not on that level of like trying to be a showman so much to let somebody up. Patty's out there to win, 
but he's gonna do he's gonna do some patty shit, you know, and he understands that he needs to <laughs> that he needs to be a showman or he's gonna I, be a showman. I, I, I want that shirt now. We're gonna, yes. we're gonna do some patty shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like <laughs> so. Uh, Patty, if you see this, buddy, man, I want the copyrights on that. <laughs> but I'm I'm expecting this to be a good fight, John. But um, but let's let's see what the judges and let's see what the odds makers think on it, though. Let's pull up mybookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in, and you've got Patty Pimlet at a minus two thirty two fifty six. Two fifty six. Right? Two fifty six. Yeah. You yep, are you such got, a blind bastard. I know. <laughs> Well, Dave's got it like the smallest it could possibly be, but and then I got it under uh, and then Gor- uh, Jerry, Gordon Jerry Gordon is at plus one ninety four. Yeah. Ah, uh, John, I-, I think I'm I'm gonna probably uh, I'm I'm probably gonna put the money down on Patty if I was gonna bet. But this is another one of those fights that I just you don't know both of them never been in the co-main event before. Yep. Both of them, the bright lights. You just don't know what's gonna happen. I would probably avoid this fight too. <laughs> I'm gonna push. Gonna avoid all fights. I'm gonna push, buddy. I'm gonna push. What's the over under on that? So the over on it is plus one oh seven and the under is minus one thirty five at two and one. a half. At two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. And you and you look at that and it's it's a it's a fair number and stuff, but I look at this fight and, and I'm gonna take the underdog in it. Not mm-hmm. that I don't think Patty is the favorite. I do think Patty's the favorite. I do think the chances of him winning are up there percentage-wise. But I would take and say, look, Jared Gordon's a good fighter, and he's a tough fighter. Could he win? He definitely can, but he's got to fight the right fight. So this is one that I just throw a little bit of money on Jared Gordon to try to make up some money based upon the odds. You know, I'd throw 50 bucks on the fight, go with Jared Gordon, and see if that he can pull that big upset. You're a better man than me, my friend. You're a better man than me. <laughs> Um, but hey, before we get, before we go any further though, uh, I'm going to say that I would probably not bet on that fight. Okay. Okay, Let's go to the next fight. (laughs) How do you say his name? It's, uh, did we lose? Oh, no, no, no. I thought I saw the other. Sorry. Yes. You got Pianza. Pianza. Morano. This is a last minute replacement. It is a last minute replacement, but it is not an easy fight for Ponza Look at Alex Morano has really proven that he's a tough out when it comes in the UFC. Man, his his ground game is legit. Okay, he doesn't get a lot of credit for it. It's legit. The guy is an absolute stud on the ground, and he is better than Ponzinibbio if this fight hits the ground. Now, the question is, does it hit the ground? And with Alex Morano, a lot of times he doesn't want it to. He loves the stand up. Ponzinibbio has the power in this. You take a look at the two guys. Ponzinibbio is the guy that has the power in his hands comparatively. You know, Murano's got decent power, but Murano's a gamer, man. He'll take shots to give shots. I'm not sure that's the, the game plan that he's going to come in with against Ponzinibbio because you can't take too many. He's, he does have power. But I'm telling you right now, this is not a gift given to Ponzinibbio. Alex Murano's a real deal. You know, Ponzinibbio was supposed to fight Robbie Lawler. You know what you're looking at with Robbie. Mm-hmm. You know he's not going to try to take you down. You know he's going to throw a big bomb at you. And if it hits, lights out. If yeah. it doesn't, you got a good chance in the fight. So I look at, you know, the volume that Alex Morano puts is going to be a lot different for Ponzinibbio to deal with than the volume that a Robbie Lawler puts out. And 
he's accurate. He's a tough out. Yeah. I look at it as a can Murano get the takedown, though. His grappling's good, but is his wrestling good enough to get Ponsonibio down? Ponsonibio's been fighting wrestlers and jiu-jitsu guys pretty much his whole life. He understands that all they want to do is take him yeah. down because of the um, the amount of stand-up output that he has, Ponsonibio. So will Murano be able to get this fight to the ground? And I agree with you. If he does get to the ground, that Murano definitely has a huge step up and uh, advantage in that. Yeah. So it's going to come down to whether Ponsonibio can stop the takedown and can he be effective while having to stuff the takedowns, you know, that's the other thing is that when you're, when you're fighting someone that's constantly trying to take you down or trying to push for the takedown. No, I know that Murano will stand. There's no doubt about that. But when you're threatening that takedown, you're making the other person tired. When you're all the way in, you're crushing the space. So it's harder for them to get the knockout. When you're all the way out, it's harder for them. They're chasing after you. It's that how smart will Alex Murano fight to make sure he avoids the combinations, the output of Ponsonibio. But let's check and see what the odds maker said. <clears throat> we let's actually see. don't. We don't have oh. odds for this fight because it oh. was, uh, yeah, because it was so last minute. So, well, alrighty um, then. There may then. be odds at the by the time the fight happens, but right yeah. now, no odds. But uh, you know, I can understand their concern in it because this is not an easy uh, fight yeah. for Ponzinibbio. This is a tough fight. You know, Alex Morano has a very good chance of walking away as a winner in this fight. You know, the fight, though, that um, I had heard some buzz about that there was potentially, it was Barbarina had asked for it, but then he just fought last weekend and lost, so there's going to be yeah. suspension time. But, John, for future, that would have been a fun fight. Oh, it would be a great fight. Ponsonibio and Brian Barbarina would be a yeah, great fight. Yeah, it would have been a fun fight. All right, let's go Darren Till versus, uh, how do you say his name? Driscus Duplessis. <laughs> Duplessis. Duplessis. Yeah, you're talking about two guys that are really good when it comes to the stand-up. And so that I, you look at this, Duplessis comes from a complete stand-up background. He's really tried to make himself a complete fighter. He tr He's worked at his wrestling. He's worked at his ground game. Uh, obviously, Darren Till has worked at his also. I'm, it's just that I think Duplessis is actually more willing to try to apply those new skill sets than Darren Till. But if you're looking at this fight, this is a fight that's going to happen on the feet. And it's who's the better stand-up guy when it gets to that right now. And uh, I look at uh, Darren Till, when it, when you have someone that is not a good takedown uh, type of fighter, a guy that's got a really solid wrestling background, Darren Till does very well against uh, other stand-up fighters. So you got to give him the nod as far as he has the advantage in this. Uh, he's still a very solid stand-up fighter with heavy kicks, Good leg kicks. His hands are solid. He goes to the body well. You know, I just look at right at this point, this is a, a perfect fight for Darren Till if he wants to come out and look good. He needs to look good. He does. He seems more like a part-time fighter right now because of all the injuries, because of all the postponements of his fights, whatever it is that he was going through. He seems more like a part-time fighter. It's hard to get momentum going, John, when you're constantly getting hurt. <clears throat> When you're sick or anything, any of those things. And so he needs, he needs to figure out how he's going to end up winning this fight and getting back, getting on a winning track and just continue to chip away and getting closer to a title shot in the middleweight division. Cause he was ranked pretty high up there for the longest time. I think he's dropped quite a bit now because he hasn't fought for so long, but yeah. we're looking to see what, let's see what the, let's see what the betting odds think on this though. They've got Duplessis at minus 185. And they got Darren Till yep. at plus one forty four. Yep. 
Man, put some respect on this guy's name. Come no, on, they, let's they go. I, and that's why I look at that and I go, hey, I'm putting my money on Darren Till. Like I said, Duplessis yeah. is, comes from a great kickboxing background. He's good. But it's different in MMA. Kickboxing and MMA are completely different. Uh, Darren Till, I think, actually might even you know use some of his uh, you know Kamzat Chimaev training that he's been doing <laughs> at times and, and look towards you know just making Duplessis think about that takedown. Uh, I don't think that Darren's getting enough respect, and uh, I think I would yeah. go with Till in this fight. Did uh, did they break up, Chimaev and Till? Did they break up? Are they, are they still friends? Up. I think they're still friends. They're just uh, okay. training in you know, different places. Different places. Interesting. Can't um, stay together forever, Josh. You no, know you can't. You can't, especially if especially if he's going to end up training. If he's going to end up fighting at eighty five, Chamaev. Hello. You're going you're gonna to have to stay. You have to stay broken up for a little bit. All right. This is. I'm going to definitely go with Darren Till. This is the fight that I will bet on. I will bet on the uh, Darren Till fight, and I will take. It says on the over and the under at two and a half. The over is plus one fifteen, and the under is minus. 147. Ooh, they got some belief that this fight's going to end early. What do you think? That's okay. I just take Darren Till. Yeah, I'm the same way. I take Darren hey, Till. And really, well. take the, the, real, the real thing that I look at here, I know it, in some people's mind it doesn't matter. It does matter. Look at the quality of opponents that both have faced in MMA. Duplessis has not faced the quality of opponents that Darren Till has. Yeah. That's true. That is true. But Darren Till also has a loss to what Masvidal. Oh, uh, he's got a loss to Masvidal. He's got a loss yeah. to you know Tyron Woodley. He's got um, he's got a loss to Whitaker. Yeah, but see, like okay, so the Whitaker one, I I can understand. But with the with the Masvidal and the Woodley situation, uh-huh. I don't look at it as much as those guys. Their stand up is not as good as uh, Duplessis, and so if he can just keep it on, like Duplessis will keep this on the feet. And the striking is there. He's still able to get caught. That's what scares me a little bit with Darren Till. He's a good striker, but he leaves himself open quite a bit. And those little gloves sneak in at awkward angles and, and positions. So this is this is, a, this is a this is a fun fight. It's a definitely a, a gamble to bet. But I'm I'm gonna take Darren Till just because, like you said, overall the experience. Yep. All right, next fight there, podcast, Dave. All right. How Sorry, is Brian. this fight not higher up on the damn card? Was opening the pay per view. What? It it's opened the pay per view. Yeah, yeah, I know. But see, I look at this fight. This this fight is this is gonna be a good fight, man. This is gonna be a really good fight. So you've got Bryce Mitchell versus uh Tapura. Tapuria. Both of them undefeated. Both of them are undefeated. Twelve and zero versus fifteen and zero. The 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 hillbilly Bryce Mitchell, man, he's been fire lately all over social media with his flat Earth shit and everything else that he talks. <laughs> Fucking, he's great. I, I just, I'm like, dude. People really, do you really believe this? Do you really believe that the Earth is flat? I mean, I'm just like, geez, man. I'm just, I don't know. I don't, are you saying you don't? I don't, John. I don't. <laughs> I just, I don't. Oh man. Ah, uh, but then uh, Tapuria, he's been talking trash. He's been doing all the stuff, and Bryce Mitchell said, finally, you know what? Because one of his fights fell off. He's like, you know what? Fine, just give me that guy. I'll take that guy. It's an easy fight for me. It's going to be a dangerous one. It's not an easy fight. But then again, John, I thought that the Edson Barboza fight was going to be was going to be an easy fight for him. He made it look easy quick. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't didn't think it would be an easy fight for him at all, and he did make it look fairly easy. Yeah, his his wrestling has gotten really good, but Taporia is good everywhere. 
Yeah. Let's just be honest. His stand up is clean and it's a lot cleaner than Bryce Mitchell's. Mitchell's <laughs> yeah. stand up has gotten better, but Tapuria, when you look at the stand up and, and his execution in the stand up, he has got some skills there. Both of them on the ground have skills. I do think that Mitchell applies his jujitsu in a different fashion than Tapuria, and I think he's more effective with it. I really do. But Let's just be honest, man. Tapuria has already faced very good jujitsu practitioners, and they didn't they didn't fare too well with him. So this is a fight either guy can win. And like you said, I I would have thought this fight, this is a co-main event type fight. Yeah. This is a great fight, great matchup. Can't wait to watch it. Anytime that Bryce Mitchell fights anymore, I will watch it because he is the dude is hysterical. So he's very serious. This- but he's hysterical. This fight could have been a, a main event on uh, oh, fight one, of the, one of the yeah one of the apex fights. Absolutely, yeah, I would have loved to have tuned in for that. But let's go to the odds and let's check and see what they have to say on this. You got Tapuria at minus one forty seven, man, against Bryce Mitchell, who's plus one fifteen. The over under on it is two and a half, but then you've got minus one forty four on the over and plus one thirteen on the under. Yeah, this fight's going to go the distance. I believe it's going to go the distance, so I'm probably going to stay away from the over-under. I could uh, bet on the over, but I believe it's going to go on the... I think it's going to go the distance. Both these guys, it's going to be a barn burner back and forth. You're going to have Bryce Mitchell just scrambling, trying to get that takedown. He's going to be making some weird, funky moves to get the fight to the ground. He's going to do whatever he can. I got the feeling, though, John, with how easy it was for him to get Barboza down, and I've seen Habib had a little bit of an issue sometimes getting him down. Other fighters have had a hard time getting Barboza down. Bryce Mitchell's got that, like, I don't want to say the word, but... No, no he's got he, that he stickiness. Got, no, I was thinking, like, dumb strength. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're <laughs> going to say. say. I'm going to say dumb... stickiness. Okay. He's the guy that you think that you can just push off. Yeah. And you can't. He's a lot stronger than you think. He's a lot tougher than you think. And you can sit there and you can play into the, oh, he's a farmer from Arkansas, hick talk, all that doesn't mean a goddamn thing. No. The dude can fight. And he's a he is a tough uh, customer when it comes to the fight game. And when he gets his hands on you, he tends to continue to do the right things that puts him in the right position to finally put you away. And so... I actually don't think the fight's going the distance. I think the fight's going to end. I think I think someone's going to be ending this fight, and mm. it's a great you know question of who it's going to be. But the mm. fact that Bryce Mitchell is the underdog in it doesn't surprise me, based upon the stand up of Tapuri. You're looking at who's the more complete fighter, who's the more well rounded and cleaner fighter. I think Tapuri is. I'm not sure that he's the guy that's going to come out with the win though. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Bryce Mitchell on this fight at the plus one fifteen. I'm probably throwing out about three hundred bucks. Yeah, there you go. See, I'll probably throw out about three hundred. Now you're starting yeah. to just do something, you coward. I put. Yeah, right. I was. I pushed <laughs> on the first couple of fights because I I knew that there would be some good fights to bet on later on. There you so go. you knew at, at plus one fifteen. I'm taking the Bryce Mitchell, and I honestly believe both of them are undefeated for a reason. I'm going to take the over on it. Okay. And so the over on it is minus one forty four. I'll probably put down about 200 on there. So about probably total about 500 bucks on this one fight. You could potentially make money on. Um, I look at it is that both of them are undefeated. Both of them have proven how tough they are. Like you said, Tapuri's got a really good grappling game, good ground game. It's going to be hard for Bryce Mitchell to get the finish that way. Now he may be able to cut him. He may be able to do something like that. 
But I'm looking at this fight. There'll be some exchange on the ground. Taporia could eventually just end up being stuck on bottom, can't get up, can't get up. And Bryce Mitchell being able just to grind out the victory, but not enough to be able to get the finish is how I see this fight potentially yeah. going out. Now, Tapura could rock him on the feet, all of those things, you know, and get him out of there. Um, I don't see Bryce Mitchell knocking him out on the feet. No. So, yeah. So then I'm looking at this fight going, if I'm going to bet on, if I'm going to bet on Bryce Mitchell winning the fight, it's got to go my way, which means <laughs> dude, it's got, the I want to go the distance. Yeah. They, I mean, I can see him finishing him. I could, but. To me, Tapuria is a tough man. He's tough. He's not going to roll over and give you that first loss. No. He ain't going to do that. No. So, and this guy's a lot outside of Barboza. Barboza, he's been known to have issues with the grapplers. He's been known to have issues with the submissions. He's been known to have all those things. Tapuria is a good enough grappler that he can stymie all the things that um, Bryce Mitchell is going to do. So, I could see that being, I could see this going the distance. All right, next fight. All right, now we're getting into the prelims. All right. I mean, this is actually not a, like the card's not bad, John. But you no, got a actually the prelims are really good. They've got okay. some really good matchups in the prelims. You've got uh, Rosenstruck. Is it say it, say it for me, Dave? Give me that. Give me that a uh, little bit of an accent because it may sounds better when you say Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck. Okay. <laughs> and against Jarzinho Rosenstruck against uh, Chris Dacus. Yeah, and uh, Dacus's brother just lost last weekend. Now he's here, hoping to get the the um, the win for the family. Both of them but need to win. This is tough, John. Yeah, I mean he's got to hit this fight to the ground. Exactly. This is like this is a this is a matter of if this fight stays on the feet, say goodbye to to Chris Dacus, who's not going to do well against Rosenstruck. He doesn't have the power. We've already seen. Dacus in you know a stand-up battle mm-hmm. with someone that's got big power in Derek Lewis and you saw what happened yeah. he wasn't able to handle that power but on the ground he's got a he's got a distinct advantage in this fight so the real question is can he get to the ground and the, and the truth is yes he can he's just got to use his hands to keep Jarzinho occupied in that moment because Jarzinho doesn't do a good job of moving his feet when someone is starting to shoot on him. He tends to try to put his hands mm-hmm. in positions and his feet are not moving either laterally one way or the other to get himself out and to sweep a leg through. So Chris can get him to the ground. And if he gets him to the ground, he has a huge advantage in this fight. But let's just be honest, Jarzinho can definitely put Dacus out with one shot. He can hurt him bad. And he can do that at any point in the stand-up. Mm. And so he has a distinct advantage in the stand-up. Yeah, I, I mean, he's got to get, and this has been the hard, kind of the hardest part for uh, Rosenstruck, is that you got to get, you got to lure him out. He's very uh, tight-wadded, I guess I should say. He's, like, he's very tight with his combinations, not combinations, but his output. He yeah. doesn't throw a lot of strikes. When he no. throws them, he wants them to mean something. And for Dawkins to get in deep enough to get the takedown, he's going to have to lure him out. He's going to have to get that mole to get his head out of the hole. And I don't know if he can do it, John. Like he's, Rosenstruck is so, he's just so conservative with his output. And so he, he le- doesn't leave himself really out of position a whole lot. And Dawkins is going to have to get that out of him. And that means you're going to have to stand. You're going to have to trade. You're going to have to do something in there to get in deep enough to get the takedown. So if he can do that, then I think he's got a good chance if he's if this fight hit, hits the ground. But will this fight be able? Does he have the wrestling though, John, to get him down? The strength in the wrestling to get him down. 
We're going to find out, you know, because like I said, this is, it, in my opinion, not that Chris Dawkins' stand-up is bad. It's not. I just don't think that he has the power to stay yeah. and make Rosenstruck respect him in the stand-up too much. I think Rosenstruck is going to feel his power and go, nope. Mm-hmm. And then it is a question, like you're saying, of mm-hmm. what is his output going to be like? Yeah. You know, he does need to throw more because he, he becomes very reserved because he wants to land that one shot because he has that kind of power. He knows that you know, I can touch you with one and put you out. And so he's always looking for that one perfect shot. If he can open this up and make that perfect shot occur through the use of his hands and putting shots on him, I think he's going to be yeah. in a better position to win the fight. Got it. You got Raul Rosas Jr. fighting uh, Jay Perrin. How yeah, you know, going? Well, this is that young kid, man, and he's talented. You know, the real question is, how does he do under the big lights? It's not going to be easy. He's going to have a lot of uh, adrenaline running through his body at the time. But you know, the kid seems to be pretty, uh, pretty composed. I mean, Jay Perrin, good fighter, but he's going to be at a deficit against Rojas, especially on the ground. Yeah, and uh, I think that's where the fight's going to go. I, do you look at? Rojas Jr. as as like a Damian Maya type fighter, who's very he's very one dimensional. Like his stand up is okay, but it's not great, John. No, right now, yes. And this is my problem with Rojas is this: where does the UFC go with him? He's so young that he's got all this upside. Yes, he does, mm-hmm. but he needs to improve in so many areas that. How far are you going to carry him by trying to give mm-hmm. him fights that are tailor made for his style? You know, th- th- this comes back into the look, look where Mickey Gall is at now. Look at where some of these guys that came in, you know, with no real experience as a professional and they can only give you so many tailor made fights before they yeah. start putting guys that are real fighters that have the ability to stop what you're good at. And that's the real question. I, I do think Rojas gets a win in this, you know, his yeah. first UFC fight. My question is, how does he do in his fourth, in yeah. his fifth? Because that's when they're going to have to start putting real people against him. And that's when, look, it, it's a different world. You know, there's there's levels to this. And, yeah. it's, you know, if you don't understand those levels, you know, I'm sorry, but there are complete levels to this. And, they can give you a couple of gimme easy ones, you know, not that they're easy fights, but they're fights that are meant for your style. Yeah. That's what they're doing here. Got it. Got it. All right. Let's go. Edmund Shabazian versus, how do you say this guy's name? Lungambayala. Lungambaya. <laughs> Lung- Look at This is one of those ones that you're looking at with Edmund. Lungambula. Lungambula. Yeah. Lungambula. There you go. There you go. It's perfect. Yes. <laughs> Always. I think I think this is a fight we're talking about where you're looking at styles. Uh, in Shabazian, Shabazian needs to get this thing to the ground and use his submission game. If he get, ends up in the stand up, he's going to have problems again. You know, not that he's not that he's not okay there, but that's playing to the strength of his opponent. He needs to get this thing to the ground, utilize his submission game, and he can get the win and get himself back on track. Yeah. Shabazian, just like I agree with you, just needs to get this fight at the ground. He can't afford to take a lot of damage. I mean, he's he's been taking some damage in his last, what, three fights? Well, he needs to be able to... Again, 
we were just talking about Rojas. And this is the perfect prime example. You got a guy, young. Now, now Lee Shapazian had some, you know, professional fights coming in before. But they gave him fights that were meant, you know, to make him look fairly good. He did. He performed. But as soon as that level changed, look at what happened. You know, a good fighter. Shabazzian is a good fighter. But when you're a good fighter and now they're putting you against other good fighters that are of your level and can stop some of the things that you do, the world changes. You know, it's yeah. not an easy prospect to go through. And so I think this fight, I think the UFC is looking at, hey, let's try to get him back on track. It's not that, he, you know, it's an easy opponent. The opponent has some advantages in this, especially in the stand-up. But... Shabazian has his advantages, and if he fights smart and puts the fight where he has the, those advantages, he's going to get the win. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, this fight to me is going to be fireworks. You got Joaquin Buckley versus Chris Curtis. Oh, that's a good fight. <laughs> How is this so low on the card? This is a great fight. Yeah, no, I, I look at this one, and, and like, you know, the action man and Chris Curtis, I just hope that I don't see the, the Chris Curtis that I saw in his last fight because mm -hmm. that was a Chris Curtis that didn't bring the action that he normally does. Chris tends to start a little slow and then he builds and he, and he just keeps on coming and he, his volume starts to just amplify as the fight comes on. And that's what he needs to do with Buckley. Now, Buckley's strong. Buckley can hit hard. He's got a lot of good kicks and stuff. So. Chris Curtis has got to be very careful of a lot of the techniques that Buckley throws, but this is going to be, I think, a stand-up fight. Although Chris can bring it to the ground, he generally normally doesn't do that. Yeah. He likes to stand on his feet and use his stand-up. I think he would be smart if he took Buckley to the ground, if given the, you know, the proper timing and opportunity. I'm not sure that Chris is going to do that, though, but I think this is a fantastic matchup. Yeah, that's going to be a great fight. I think Joaquin Butley's going to use the the fast hands. And both of them, when you think about the middleweight division, neither one of them is a big middleweight. They're tweeners. Yep, they are. Yeah. And so when you look at this fight, they're per it's a perfect matchup. Yeah. You're not going to see one guy real long, tall, and lanky, just sticking and moving, using his reach over Buckley or Curtis. Yeah. You know, they're, they're both going to. Both physically strong. Yes, both they, they both look it. Yeah. <laughs> they both look it. So uh, I wish I was blessed with those genetics. <laughs> instead i'm blessed with more like uh dave's genetics podcast dave's genetics. <laughs> uh quarantillo versus alex hernandez got billy quarantillo uh, it's a great fight should be good should be you good know, alex the great man he's a super athlete he's he's fast he's got you know good power in his hands but billy has proved through time man he is a junkyard dog this dude's a scrapper he never stops he's got a great pace He's got, he utilizes his conditioning to break his opponents. And, and we have seen through, you know, previous fights, Alex, if that fight is at a certain pace, mm -hmm. he tends to, you know, fall off of that cliff a little bit. And, and Billy is the guy that can push him over that cliff. So this is a great matchup. It's who's going to control the pace of the fight. Yeah. Alex has a hard time, um, not, he has a hard time slowing the fight down. Yes. When he gets into a mix, he doesn't understand where his breaking point is. He needs to, every fighter needs, every fighter, especially at the highest level, they they start to learn that, okay, look, I need to step back, take a breather before I can't go any further. Yeah. And so he just hasn't figured that out yet. 
And he does, like you said, it's like a cliff. He drops off drastically because yeah. he continues to push through that barrier, which can make for fun fights. Yeah. But also is, is not a losing recipe. Yeah, not for him. It's a losing recipe. John, is there any other fights on here? You got Ovis St. Proof fighting, but doesn't have an opponent lined up next to him right yeah. now. So TJ Brown versus Eric Silva, uh, Vinicius, uh, Salvador versus Daniel Lacerda. And then you've got Cameron Simon versus Steven Kozlo. Yeah. Nope. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our UFC, uh, what is it, 288? No. 282. 282. UFC 282 talk. But uh, let's get into the next round of talks, which this fight is finally coming to a head. All the shit talking is over, thank goodness, because I can only hear so many fucks in my life. So, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Bellator 289, you got Rafael Stotts versus Danny Sabatello in the semifinals of the Bantamweight World Grand Prix. I'm finally excited. I'm, I'm really, really excited for this fight. I hope they do not uh, let us bet. down. Shit, I don't think they will. I really don't. I really don't believe they will. I don't. I, I don't think that. I don't think it's possible because stylistically, Danny Sabatello has to take this fight to the ground. Yes. Now that's the question. Can he get him? Can he get Rafael Stotts to the ground? But John, I, I'm a huge Rafael Stotts fan. I'm, I'm a fan of the taco meat. I'm a fan of all of that. But this really comes down. This is a five-round fight. Rafael Stotts has a tendency to kind of slow down around round two and a half, three, at the pace that he needs. He's going to have to fight against against uh, Danny Sabatello. And what I mean by slow down is that the combinations become labored a little bit. He starts pushing them a little bit. They're not coming out in bunches. They're coming out in ones and twos instead of threes and fours. I get a little concerned if his wrestling is going to hold up. Now, that's one thing that he can do really well. People don't under, they underestimate his wrestling because he's such a good striker. But, and he can wrestle probably, I think he's probably more comfortable wrestling for five rounds than he is for stand up for five rounds because that's his, that's where he came up from a baby. Yeah. I mean, it's ingrained in him. You can wrestle and stay relaxed. But when you have another wrestler that has been born and bred to do the same thing, then they put you in those positions, in those wrestling positions that make you work. And that's where I get concerned. If Danny does able to get him down, if Danny is able to get him down, will Danny make him wrestle in positions that he doesn't have to wrestle normally against other guys that don't have the type of wrestling that Danny has? Danny's a grinder. Danny's going to get on top of you. Danny's going to just sit you to your hip. He's going to lift and slam. He's going to do all of those things. And he's going to shoot from 10 feet away. Oh, yes, he's he so is. damn fast. He is so damn fast, but now he's fighting someone who's just as fast. There you go. And that's this is this is going to be a fun fight and, and a very interesting fight because it really comes down to whether Danny Sabatello can implement his game plan, and that is wrestle, 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 and slow stops down in the later rounds. He Danny's going to give away round one and two probably. Yeah. Because he's going to have to, but he's going to have to get on the grind. He's going to have to get in close on the clinch. He's going to have to get in and hang on, on Rafael Stott. He's going to make him work in every position. Otherwise, if he doesn't do that, it's going to be a long round, three, four, and five for him. Boy, this is, this is a fight where you take a look and I, it's so funny because you know, you, you've heard him talk and all the stuff and there's a lack of respect. But in, at the end of this fight, I guarantee there's going to be both guys having respect for the skill set of the other and they they do match up well i i am concerned in some ways as far as sabatello disrespecting the wrestling ability of rafian stats crazy should never do that 
Mm-hmm. You know, when you're talking, you know, he talks about Division One compared to Division Two, and he's absolutely right in that. If you go through all of the wrestlers, there's a big drop off, you know, from Division One into Division Two when you're looking at the, you know, the the guys that aren't going to make the NC2As. But when you're talking about the guys that are making the NC2As, those guys are good wrestlers. And when you're talking about guys winning the NC2As in Division Two, they can wrestle at any D1 school. They are good wrestlers. And so Rafian Stotts won two mm-hmm. NC2As at Division Two. The guy can wrestle. Now, the real question is this. In my opinion, when Danny Sabatello shoots, and you know he's going to shoot, if you're Rafian Stotts, you have to make him pay for that shot. You have to make him feel the power that you have if you stop the, the takedown attempt and you want to use strikes, then you've got to do damage. If you want to turn it on him and create it where now you're coming out in the top position, then if you're in the top position, you can't just hold on with him because that's he's going to be comfortable there. You need to make him pay for that shot. You need to, to just start to put dents into that armor and diminish him early in the fight because that type of damage will carry on to the later rounds where he normally does very well based upon his conditioning and his ability to grind people. If you're Danny Sabatello, you're saying, I've got to just keep telling myself, no matter what, the, sh- the, the shot is coming. I, if I miss it, then I miss it. But I'm, here comes number two. If I miss number two, here comes number three. And you need to make it to where you push Rafion in the... Th- even in the stand-up, through the use of your wrestling, you're pushing him to the point of being uncomfortable. The pace is a little too fast. There's too much that I'm having to do. I'm having to stop these, and my arms are now getting heavy, so my punches are not coming out as clean as they would you know, you know, if this wasn't occurring. And you just got to make it a grimy, nasty fight where you are just pushing the pace relentlessly to break your opponent. Can both do that? Yes, both can do that. That's what makes it such a fascinating fight and such a great fight. They both have phenomenal wrestling. If you're going to look towards who has the advantage you know, on the feet, it's Rafion Stotts. He has got better technique in the stand-up. He's just cleaner there. If you're looking at who does a better job at controlling the fight, it's going to be Danny Sabatello. Danny is a guy that once he gets on top of you, he's trouble because he, he's not easy to get you know, past. He's super long for this weight class. You know, you're looking at a guy that's almost six feet tall and 135 pounds, and he uses that length very well on the ground. He puts himself in positions that if you're a smaller guy, you can't do. He can do it based upon that length. This is a great matchup. I, I love the way both talk. I love both guys. They're, they're both fantastic as far as just people. Uh, we're going to see who's the best, but I, I do believe at the end of this, there will be respect. They so like to go back on what you said about the disrespect for Division Two wrestling. I've seen some of the best wrestlers in junior college that just couldn't make grades. That's couldn't right. Go to, couldn't go to Division One. Couldn't That's go to right. Division, like they couldn't get to a bigger college because they didn't make grades, so they went to a JUCO, national champs, whatever it is. <clears throat> Daniel Cormier wrestled at a JUCO. Now, I don't know what the reasons were on why he went there instead of going to a to a Division One. You know, Trevor Prangley wrestled with the JUCO. He came over from South Africa. His first, you know, his first uh, 
First time in the States, came over and wrestled in, in here. And it's like you have a Vladdy Matashenko wrestled in North Idaho College. Or That's sorry, right. not, not, not North Idaho College. You wrestled at Lassen. You know, you've got Bobby Lashley, Missouri Valley. Like there's smaller colleges than a lot of these guys that wrestle that. And um, they just, some of them couldn't make grades. They just couldn't get to the, the Division One school. So to say that, it's just not true. <clears throat> now, um, I think we're going to see a little bit of Rafian Stotts fighting the way that he fought Magomed Magomedov. Yeah, he's going to be sticking the the jab in the face, going to be throwing the quick combinations, sprawling and brawling, defending the takedowns, potentially getting a takedown of his own. He's going to let Danny know that I can wrestle with you. Now, can Danny get up off of his back? And that's going to start to deplete his energy. You know, Danny's energy also mess with his mindset. So there's a lot to take in in this fight when you're watching this fight, but it's going to be definitely a good fight. All the trash talking is finally coming to a close. And that's the great thing, John. You always say this is that the great thing about this sport, all the trash talk you talk, you still got to get in there and fight. And you get to punch that son of a bitch right in the mouth. Exactly. It's the best. Uh, the, the co-main event's going to be Liz Carmouche for the title against Juliana Velasquez. I'm surprised, to be honest, this isn't the main event. Now, I understand why Stott's in them, but it's the semifinal. Jam. Yeah, but it's here's the here's the difference. And, and normally, generally, usually, what promotions do, and this is what Bellator is doing here. I can see it. They they take the heavier weight class. Both are championship fights because Rafa. Oh, that's right. Interim. I'm champion. sorry. That's right. Yeah. Interim so, title. I completely forgot sense. about. So you're looking at 135, never 125. Mind. That's why. That never mind. I I understand. Got it. I just forgot. I forgot that because Rafael doesn't talk about it a lot. He's the interim yeah. champion right now because Pettis is on, you know, on the sideline because of the injury. Yep. Liz Carbouche versus Juliana Velasquez. I think that too much of the groundwork was laid in the first fight. Liz Carbouche can go right to the wrestling, right to the takedowns, and understand that. Look, my bread and butter is right there. Once I yeah. get this fight to the ground, I've got this fight in the bag. She's the better jiu-jitsu practitioner. She's the better jiu-jitsu MMA jiu-jitsu player, and she showed that in the first fight. I agree. She's got to be very careful. Juliana Velasquez got the power. She dropped Liz Carmouche in the first fight. She had her rocked uh, a couple times in that first fight. And, uh, and there's a lot to be taken away from Juliana on like, what she needs to do to make sure that that first fight doesn't happen again, especially as the fight gets goes on. Yeah, you're right. You got it exactly right. Liz in that first fight should have learned a lot. Yeah. But so the same with Juliana because Juliana was winning that fight based upon the stand-up, because it really didn't hit the ground very often. And then when Liz finally got it to the ground, she showed, first off, she's superior on the ground. She's stronger, she's physically stronger, and she's superior with her body positioning. She can force Juliana into positions that she doesn't want to be into. So that right there, if, if you're Liz, you're looking, you're going, man, I know exactly where I need to go. Now, that doesn't mean that it's easy to get there either. Yeah. And she does have to get through the stand-up of Juliana and make it to where she's able to not take damage because she was taking some some heavy shots at times. Mm -hmm. This is one of those ones, you know, either fighter can win it. But boy, this is going to be which one learned the most off of that first fight because the first fight ended in a way that, look, I'm not going to sit here and take anything from anybody. Liz did exactly what she was supposed to do, you know, and it's not her fault that a fight was stopped probably when it shouldn't have been stopped. Juliana was winning that fight. She got herself in a, in a bad compromised position, you know, but she didn't, uh, she didn't deserve to have the fight stopped when it was yeah. stopped. 
So we're going to find out, you know, which, which lady went back and said, okay, I, ha- I have to change some things in fighting this opponent and which one is better at doing those things. That's going to be the winner. We're going to find out. Now, I yeah. feel like the fight that's been uh, getting under the radar here is Magomed Magomedov versus Patchy Mix, man. Yeah. I, I got a lot of love for Patchy Mix. He, he was on a terror, fought, fought, fought Juan Archuleta. Dominated the first two rounds, started yep. to slow down, started to get tired. <clears throat> learned a lesson. He, he learned a lesson. Went back to the drawing board, learned that he had to stay relaxed, stay composed, not fight with an ego, fight more with his confidence versus ego. There's a difference between the two. You have to understand those. He's, he's looked, seems like he's learned that. He also understands like not to blow his wad on certain positions in chasing submissions or, or pushing to get those takedowns, wait for the opportunities to present themselves and stick and move, stay long. He's tall for 135 pounds, yeah. really tall. And so when you ma- match him up against someone like Magomed Magomedov, who's got a lot of spinning attacks, he's got great wrestling, he mixes it up very well. He, he's quick on the neck, as we saw, or uh, Barzola saw. He's quick on jumping to the guillotine. He's quick on that arm and guillotine. He's quick on getting to the back. He's good at all of those positions. But on the ground, this is a nasty fight for, for Magomedov. He's got to, he's got to avoid the takedowns. He's going to have to keep it on the feet and he's got the spinning attacks, but the striking, you can only throw so many spinning attacks before you start leaving yourself open. You start slowing down. You start showing them too much. Start giving you, giving up compromising positions. You do too, too many spinning attacks. You give your back and the last thing you want is for Patchy Mix to get a hold of you is you're spinning and jump to your back and the fight could be over. Patchy Mix, this, this is the fight, John, like I said, this fight is, is slid under the radar because Stotts and Danny have just taken over the media. Yeah. And, um, but this is going to be a good fight. This, this really comes down to who can implement their game plan. This, this is a great matchup. And, and the, yeah. I'm going to say this, you know, off of that loss that Patchy Mix had to Archuleta, he had the win against Gallagher, but it wasn't, you know, no. It, what was impressive is he had a lot of things going on. He, his coach couldn't make it. He was having problems with weight. He had all these issues. But when it came to the fight itself, at least at a certain point, he was able to settle himself down and he got the win in a bad situation overall, uh, even with the home, you know, hometown crowd against him and everything. But his fight against Horiguchi, hey, let's mm-hmm. just be honest. He looked fantastic. He did some great work in there. He had Horiguchi in trouble, and he learned, like you're saying, like when the, when the submission wasn't there, he didn't try to just apply something just to you know try to get someone to you know scare themselves out of the fight or anything like that. Mm. He went for it when it was there. He took his time. When it wasn't there, he was just saying, "Okay, I'm just going to sit here and hit and do things to damage you." I, I look at this fight, and, and it's exactly what you're saying. Magomed's got great wrestling, but he's going to have to use that wrestling, in my opinion, to keep this thing on the feet. If you're going to say, mm-hmm. you know, where is Patchy Mix less dangerous, it's got to be on the feet, man. Yeah. That's where you're looking and saying, I-, I need to keep this guy on his feet. I don't want to be on the ground. I can be on the ground if I'm in the top position, you know, and just be careful about what I do, but I can't let him start changing the angle on me. As soon as he starts changing the angle, I'm getting up. I'm not going to play the game with him and stuff. So, if you're Magomed, you've got to go away from what has been your bread and butter, and that is to take people down and to dominate them on the ground. I'm not saying that he can't be down there with Patchy, but all it takes is one mistake on his part, and Patchy's going to have his back. He's called the human backpack for a reason, 
and he's only getting better. He's training with, you know, Jake Shields as his coach. He loves Jake as a coach. All of that grappling knowledge. Because Jake was never that guy that had a ton of different attacks. No. You know? It was the Very, same shit. Exactly. <laughs> it was but the same man, thing. He made you, you couldn't stop what he did. Mm-mm. And that was what was impressive about him. And now Patchy is just picking up from there. And, and once he gets you to the ground and he gets the back, you can't stop what he does. And so you're right. This is a fight. It's flying under the radar, but this is a fantastic, fantastic semifinal match. Yeah. It's who can imp, not just implement their game plan, but it's impose their will on the other. Yeah. You know, and when you look at the Bar- Barzola fight with uh, Magomedov, is that he didn't wrestle a lot. He didn't have to. He was no. just using his stand-up. Barzola was good at stuffing the takedowns. And and he was able to land a bunch of clean shots on Barzola. They had, they had some good exchanges. <clears throat> but when it came down to it all, Barzola was the one that put his head down in the wrong position. Made the mistake. And made the mistake and got caught in the guillotine. Now, that can happen to anybody. But he's going to need something like that. How are you going to get Patchy mix his head down? He's fucking like 6'4". No, he's not that tall. <laughs> But he's really he's probably, tall and long. He's probably, and like, he's five, probably nine, about six. Five, he's five, he's got to be a five. He's closer to five eleven. You think, nah, right? So. No, yeah. Sabatello is the is the tallest one out of. Really, all. I thought yeah. I feel like Patchy's taller than Sabatello. Nah. No, no, okay. I don't think so. But he's tall. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. a good fight. It's gonna be a good fight. This, like I said, it's flying on the radar. Make sure you guys tune in for that fight. Now, this guy, um, he likes to try this to call guy. me out in the middle of the cage. He's gotta call you out again. This guy, I'm, you better, you know you better give him some love right now. It's gonna be hard not to. It's gonna be hard not to, man. I think he's got the he's got the recipe for disaster for uh, Anthony Adams. Yeah, I think Dalton Rossa. He's got the ability. He's got the power. He's got the pressure. He's now has the cardio because early in his career, you could tell he had slowed down quite a bit. It looked like he was carrying too much muscle, uh, and not and not well trained muscle. It was more of like a lifting muscle. More now lifting, he's yeah. now he's slimmed down. He's got the you know he's got more of the shredded look instead of the bulkier look. And uh, even though he's only about five six, uh, you know he's gonna kill me oh, for saying oh, that. Oh <laughs> man! Even though he's only about five six, Dalton, not... I want you, I want you to realize who said that. Everyone tends to put things that Josh says, like I John know. said it. John didn't say that. No, John. I'm says saying a lot you're of at least five ten, five eleven. <laughs> no. no, he. I think he's six foot. He's six he might foot. Be. Yeah, I give him a hard time, but. Uh, only because he'd be my boy. He'd be my boy, Romero Cotton. That's all. But uh, but no, I I got a lot of respect for him, man. He's a he's a great fighter. He's, a, he's turning out to be a really great fighter. Boy, he's, and he's really becoming something. And John, how much of that is because of Johnny Eblen, so Austin Vanderford? Oh no, Yaroslav Famoslav. Let's be I mean, honest. Dalton Dalton Rostin made a choice. You know, he had his guys. He was you know living in Pennsylvania. You know, and uh. He had his gym, but realized, I think I need to be pushed a little bit more. And that's, as the fighter, Josh, you know, you have a, you have a choice and you learned it early because, there, you know, when, when you were early in your career, you're tossing guys around, you're submitting mm-hmm. guys. I, dude, I'm the big fish in this pond, baby. You know, who wants some? And then you find out, oh. I'm in a very small pond, though. Yeah. There's a big ocean out there. It's got some sharks. Mm-hmm. And Dalton Rasta was man enough to say, hey, I need to go work every day against guys that sometimes are better than me. I need to get better. If, I wanna, if I'm going to say I want to be the best in this sport, 
I can't stay where I'm at. I got to yeah. go someplace where I've got killers around me all the time. And that's not an easy thing. You know, that's tough. It's, you know, some guys can't do that. They can't go and lose and get put in bad spots every day in training because it breaks their it just breaks their will it breaks their confidence. Other guys, they they thrive off of it. It's I want to show you the next day that you can't do that. You did it on Tuesday. You're not going to do it on Wednesday. And I think Dalton Rasta has found that place in ATT with the guys that he trains with, being you know. The champ and Johnny Eblin and Austin Vanderford and Yaroslav when he's there and all these guys, they have helped make Dalton Rasta the fighter that we're seeing today. And man, he is a stud and he's got good wrestling. He's got fantastic stand up now. Now his cardio matches. He doesn't, you, you can see the moments when he takes, he takes a second, takes, takes a the breath, breath and yep. then comes back at him and you go, way to go. That just shows you've learned. You know, you're improving as a fighter. Anthony Adams has got good stand-up. He's, he's a tough guy. I, I would like to see Dalton kind of utilize some of that wrestling that he has just to put him on his back, make him work, make him have to deal with, you know, that that portion of your game because he's super physically strong. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just be the guy that goes and says, I'm going to match you at your strength. Put the guy into yeah. a place where you're strongest and make him work out of it. But Don Rasta has really come along as a fighter. He's just fantastic. Still undefeated. And I think he's going to remain that way in this fight. Denise Kilholtz versus, how do you, is it Ilara Ioani? Ioani, yeah. I know it's Ioani. What's her first name? Ilara. Ilara. That's what I I wasn't sure. If it was Lara, Ilara. Okay, so Ilara Ioani versus Denise Kilholtz. Yeah, you know, this is really a battle of strikers, but Ioani has at least shown in her, showed in her last fight as she'll take the fight to the ground now. Mm-hmm. Denise Kilholtz has won quite a few of her fights on the ground, even though she's known as Miss Dynamite. She's got great stand-up, you know, kickboxing background where she's multi-time world champion. You look and you go, I think the speed definitely goes to Denise Kilholtz. I think they're both gritty in the stand-up. I think the the ground is going to be the the difference maker in this fight. And it's who gets to the top position. Whichever one gets to the top position and it's going to hit the ground, that's going to be the person that's going to walk away as a winner. John, do you know this guy named Andrew Tate? Yeah. He's all over social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got all these like things talking about whatever. He talks about I don't know him. I don't know him personally. I've never met him. I don't know him personally either. But I just saw a video out. Denise Kilholtz was his coach. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So they, they had a video of a clip and him talking and uh, or her talking and him talking saying, yeah, it's, that he, she was he was saying that she was his coach and then she was doing an interview talking about how he's got power, he stays composed, he's he's still young, but coming up, he's got six knockouts. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But uh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know Anyways, that. um. She's just, she's got, she's dynamite. I, I'm a huge fan of Denise. She's Kilholtz. dynamite. She's dynamite, man. <laughs> Joanne's got a, she's got to get this fight to the ground. I think she, she has a chance on the feet, but it's a very slim one. Yeah. I think the power of Denise Kilholtz, you play up there too long, you're going to catch on fire and it's going to explode in your face. Yep. It really is. And, uh, and on the ground, Denise Kilholtz is not bad either, no. but 
She's not as good off of her back as she is as good on top. No. She's got some vicious close. ground and pound. She's got some vicious ground and pound that he does if she's on top. So I think Joanne's got to make sure that she ends up on, on top. Yeah. She can get this fight to the ground and up on top, make Denise fight from the bottom. She's got a good chance of winning this fight, but I think that's her only way of winning this fight. On the feet, it's not going to look good for her. And if she's on bottom, it's not going to look good for her either. Yep, I agree. You got, you got Cody Law versus Chris Lencioni. John, when that's I saw good, this good fight, I thought it was a... After watching Cody Law in his last fight, coming off of his first loss of his career, he's, I believe he's 6-1 and one now. Yeah. You got Lencioni, who is 9-3. and three. Now, the wrestling pedigree is going to... Yeah, Sunshine, he's got good wrestling himself. Yes, but the pedigree, the, the better pedigree wrestling goes to Cody Law. But yes. the size is going to go to Lencioni. Yeah. He's going to make Cody Law carry his weight everywhere. The submission threat's going to be there. Lencioni's not bad on the feet. He brings a lot of that journeyman type style of fight that Cody Law's going to have to deal with. And he struggled a little bit in the first, in that, in his first loss. He had great performance in the first round. Then just started slowing down, got so tired that it just, he had nowhere to go. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was not, I want to say panicking, but it was like he was so exhausted, he couldn't defend himself. <clears throat> he Man. couldn't get himself out of positions. He couldn't get takedowns. He couldn't do anything. And Lencioni is that guy who will be smiling at you in the third round, telling you, let's go, bring it on. Remember when he fought, uh, what's his name? AJ Agazar, uh, oh, what was Agazar. Agazar, yeah. yeah. He was just toying with him. Get up. Come on. Because Agazar couldn't take him down. Yep. Agazar couldn't strike with him. Agazar couldn't get to submissions because Lincioni's got good submission defense and he's a good submission guy himself. He's very good submission. And he's big for the size. He's yeah, big. He's big it's, for the size. He's big for the weight class. You know what I meant. <laughs> you know what I meant. I love you. What a jerk. Yeah, he's big for the size. Joshism. There's a new Joshism. Hey, this guy's big for the size. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I got to get that saying that remember the one that I did because I want to make a t-shirt out of it. It was, I'm going to tell you the truth. And then, I'm, and yeah. then if you don't believe me, I'm going to lie to you or I'm going to say yeah. something like that. I got to go back. Dave, you I'm remember gonna, what I'm, it was? It's something I'm going to lie to you until, until I tell you the truth. Yeah. yeah I'm going to lie to you and tell you the truth. Yeah. I'm going to lie to you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you the truth or something. It was something like that. <laughs> Anyways, I got to remember what it was, but We're I want to make a shirt out of number that. Number one. Ch Number one, Josh is on a shirt. Height signs, 50 50. Number yes. two. <laughs> Number two, I'm going to lie to you until I tell you the truth or something like that. Then yeah, I got to make all the Joshisms. Yeah. He's big Dave, for the size. Dave, that's your job, man. That's a, that's the a number one selling shirt, Joshisms. <laughs> oh, <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Bless Dang you. It. Yeah, I look at this one and this is a tough fight for Cody Law, I think. Mm -hmm. Chris Lencioni is, he's the real deal and he's a fighter yeah. and he doesn't have any give up. Uh, you know, Lencioni was released by Bellator for a while and he's coming back here. We'll see because I've always thought this guy's got a ton of talent. Yeah. It's really a question of does he get his mind right, you know, as far as what he wants to do in the weight class. But Cody Law's got his hands full in this one. It's not that Cody yeah. can't win it, he can definitely win it. But man, this is not an easy go. And he's got to be very careful when it comes to the submission game because Lencioni is slick. Yeah. You got Jaleel Willis versus Kyle Crutcher, my boy, but I'm yep. a big fan of Jaleel Willis as well. But I talked with Kyle about this fight, and he's just like, I, I could tell he's like, ah, we know he's like, ah, I don't say, this is a good fight for you. The wrestling, the the pressure on top, the, the, the ability to wrestle and re-wrestle and then mat return, this is a good fight for you. Now, you may struggle in the first couple of takedowns. Don't let that distract you from getting the takedown. But he can also stand a little bit with him. Jaleel will throw big power. He's got some speed. 
But Kyle can stand with them a little bit too. Kyle's been getting better on the feet. Yeah. Don't just get suckered in from shooting from 10 feet away. You're not Danny Sabatello. You don't have that speed on that double leg. You know, he's a good fighter. Uh, Kyle's a good fighter. Kyle's got good hands. Kyle's got great wrestling. He's got good top pressure. Um, and Jalil's got, he's a very well-rounded fighter, but Jalil does tend to soften when his back is on the mat. Yeah. You, you take a look and Jalil has the advantage of the stand up here. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not that Crutchmer is bad in the stand-up. It's just that Jaleel is a little bit smoother. I think he's got a little bit more snap on his shots. Crutchmer's got power, but he can't deliver it in the same manner as Jaleel. You look at the wrestling. Jaleel can wrestle, yeah. but Crutchmer's got the advantage. He's the better wrestler, and yes, it's not going to be easy for you to take him down, but you've got to stick with what brung you in this fight. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get a win against this guy, it's going to be more advantageous for you to utilize that wrestling and put him on his back. Because once he's on his back, he's not dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's been proven. Too many guys, you know, have come out and now submitted him. You put him on his back. You've just taken the danger of Jaleel Willis away from you in the fight. That's what you want to do. Kyle Kretschmer, utilize that wrestling, put him on his back. You, you come out with the win. You try to get into a stand-up battle with him, look out. He's going to beat you. All right. Is there any other fights on this card you want to talk about? You got Kai Kamaka versus Kevin Bohm. You've got Mark Leminger versus Mike Lombardo. Pat Downey, I think we've got to give him some love right now because he's coming off of his first win. And it's a quick kind of a kind of a little bit of a quick turnaround. If you think about it right, he fought in Sioux yeah. Falls. Yeah, he fought in Sioux Falls. Got him ready. But he need, uh, see right now Pat Downey needs to be fighting. Yes. This is what Pat Downey needs to do is hey, you give give yourself a chance to take a break from the fight, but Get back in the gym and and have your next fight scheduled so you're two months out or something like that. Yeah, everybody I've talked to that's surrounded around uh, is surrounded Bunky. by him or surrounds him. He needs to stay busy. Yes, he needs to stay busy. <laughs> he needs to stay busy for for, for all of our busy. for all of our yeah, sake. For, he needs for everybody's to stay, sake. For everybody's sake, he needs to stay busy. <laughs> Keep this man in the gym. That's making right. Making money. Hey. So yeah. Make him a rich man. Make him fight all the time. Look at the. We know the guy can wrestle. He can wrestle yeah. his ass off. And he's tough. You know, he doesn't mind getting hit. He is a tough dude. He's got his stand-up is coming along. He's going to be a handful. Just give him some time. This is one of those ones of, hey, don't expect him to go up and beat the very best. He doesn't have that experience. But man, mm-hmm. give him a couple of years and give him enough fights. He's going to be something special. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you got Casvel versus Jared Scoggins. Scoggins, good striker, you know, Taekwondo style stand up. Yep. And then Casvel, just a grinder, wrestler, get on you, just, you know, trying to get submission. submission. Very good submission game. Randy Field versus uh, Christina. Nope, that, that fight's off. Oh, it is? Okay. Oh, and then, of course, the one that I like the most on this bottom opening the card is Lucas Brennan. Good kid, man. Really that good kid. Off too. Oh, Jesus. Lost that fight's one too. Off. Jeez, man. Jeez, See, you don't have to do geez. this work on the prelims. <laughs> all righty, all righty, all right. Wait, that's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. Make sure you guys tune in. That is Friday night on Showtime. You guys can watch prelims on YouTube, Bellator YouTube, or you can watch it, I think, on Showtime YouTube as well. But check it out on the Bellator YouTube. Bellator YouTube you app. Got, yep, Bellator YouTube app. That'll work. All right, let's uh, let's let's see. What else you got for us, Dave? All right, we'll cover this one story before we wrap up. Um, big news that TJ Dillashaw notified UFC of his retirement. And Ariel reported on it last night. Um, what do well, you guys think cr- of this? Yeah. 
I'll take Chris Taylor's opinion. Uh, former UFC champion TJ Dillashaw retires from MMA following recent shoulder surgery. Um, I'm not gonna say he's gone yet. Okay. I, I think I think I think he's one of those guys. He's addicted to getting the healing process going. I know he's got a long road ahead of him, but I don't think I don't see this thing lasting longer than ACL. You know, I mean, it's going to take some time. He probably hates it right now because he's having to hang his shoulder, probably trying to let it just dangle and work it in small little circles. I've been through this, man, and not not the level of which he had to go through it, but there's a lot at stake, you know? So, I mean, I, I would give him probably a good seven months of just getting it to where he can actually move it above his head a little bit, maybe in eight months, you know? But then after that, getting himself back into shape, he's looking at a year out, but I could see him making a return. I think once he gets back, I can see him saying, you know what? I feel good. I know I can do this. I know I can still do it at a high level. And if anything, he can come back and make some good money. Even if he doesn't fight for the title again, he can come back and make some good money. I can see that happening. I think right now he wants the freedom to eat and drink and do whatever he wants to do. I don't know. Healing process. I don't know. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've heard that with you. Know, people say, oh, he just wants to go on the Conor McGregor healing process tour. And, you know, hey, whatever he wants to do. First off, I look at it and say, He's got a bad shoulder injury. Yeah. It's going to be a long time before he fights again, if he was going to fight again. I have talked to a couple of people, and they say he just basically said, you know what, I, by talking to the doctors, it's been told to me that I'm going to have a very long healing process with this and that I may never be able to actually use my shoulder in the same fashion. I won't be able to be the same fighter and if I can't be the same fighter, I'm not going to fight. So I really think it is, yes, he's, he's looking at, you know, well, let me start to rehab it and see. But if it doesn't come back in the fashion that he's comfortable with, you're not going to see him come back. Yeah. This will be his retirement. And that's okay. You know, if he, cut, if he does get to the point where he doesn't have to worry about his shoulder, it's functioning perfectly, he's able to do everything that, you know, he wants to do with it and stuff. You're right. He may come back. But right now, in his mind, this is the end. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, they they change their tune as they get they get sure. better. It starts to feel better. And, yeah, sure. That's and we've it. seen with, with him is that he he's not a he's not someone that wants to, to go down like that. No. He's gonna try to come back. I think he's gonna try to come back, get another fight. Well, and that's like what you were saying, you know, I, you know, he, he can just come back and fight, you know, fight for the money. You're out to win titles. No, that's not TJ. Yeah. That's Let's it. just be honest. You know I him. Relate, I know man. him. There's one thing in TJ. He wants to show everyone I'm the best. I can relate. Like, it, not, I didn't want to come back for money. You yeah. know, I know a lot of fighters that don't, they don't care about the money. They just want to come back and try to show that they're the best. And yep. if you can't do that, why, why do it? I, I get understand it. it. Dave, anything else? We're going to wrap up on that one. All right. All right. Go to WayneMerch.com. Pick up some of our new merch. We've got hats, sweaters, uh, shorts. Fantastic hoodies. Great looking designs. shirts and stuff that you're going to be happy with. You're going to be proud to wear it. And you're going to be proud to give it as a present because it's Christmas. And Josh, mm. did you get your present yet? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, we got to talk about that, baby. We got to talk about that. Next show, we're talking about that. All right, buddy. You got to get to the airport, huh? Pretty nice, huh? It is very nice. It's heavy as hell. Fuck yeah. (laughs) It's so heavy. (laughs) 
the box came all beat up. I was like, there better not be anything important in there. And then I opened it up. I was like, oh, this is metal. It, it, nothing's going to happen to this thing. Well, it was all, it, was like, it had padding all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, the box was like in pieces. They brought and delivered on my doorstep and it was raining. I was like, really? Jeez, oh, yeah. It Jesus was in pieces. Man. I was like, I should have taken a photo. Should have taken a photo of it. <laughs> but uh, whoever made it, tell them I said thank you very much. I truly appreciate it. But we will give it some love, extra love on the show, on the next show. That's right. Uh, but it's it's it looks pretty nice up there on my wall, buddy. Uh, that's fucking Look sweet, that. baby. Uh, the belt too, but the right below it. Now you did you did you <laughs> did see the side piece on it, right? No. Oh, dude, it's personalized, man. Oh, okay, that. okay. I'm gonna check it out. I was I was just so I was I was so impressed. I was like, and it was very heavy. So I was yeah, like, oh, this is it's really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. All right. Um. All right, man. Well, hey, catch your flight. I will see you tomorrow morning. I don't land until like eight something. We got to check out. We're, we're doing. Oh, by the way, let's give a little love. We're doing the morning combat show tomorrow morning. All right. So you are going to be there for it. I think so. Right. It's okay. at eight o'clock. What time is it? At eight o'clock? No, I want to say it's at 11. Okay. Then I should be there. Yeah. I think I land at like eight, eight thirty, eight forty, something okay. like that. I think I should be there in time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, right I will home. be there in person. If I'm not there in person, you get to hear my lovely voice and um, we'll go from there. Sounds good. But get to talk with the beautiful Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell. Love yeah, him. I got. I gotta give. I gotta. I gotta maybe be a little nice this time. You'd Last nice. time, I guess I was a little. Mean. You'd be people, nice. people were mad at me. It's like, man, Josh was so mean to Brian BC. You know, I was like, we were poking fun at each other. Even Luke got in on it, but apparently, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, like. it's so it's so funny because and you don't even know. Okay, Luke Luke Thomas put out a thing on the Liver King, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he says, oh, Liver King, you know, comes out, you know, here's, here he is, you know, fessing up, basically, you know, he said it in a nicer way than that. And so I, you know, I, I, I just, I, I did a tweet to him saying, Luke, really? Come on. Like, you didn't know what he was yeah, doing before right. he confessed, right? You know, and, and I was saying it like that, you know, just, you know, Luke, you're, I know you knew. Yeah. Right? And, and so my wife, she looks and says, what did you write to, to Luke Thomas? I said, oh, the thing on the liver. And she goes, why, why, are you, why were you mean to him? Why, why do, you know, oh, it's like my and I go, how did you read that? Right? And she goes, I said, yeah. no, read it like this. She goes, see, that's what's wrong with these things, right? Yes. So I actually, you know, I, I texted Luke and said, hey, man, my wife just said this. And I want you to know, I was not going out. I am, you know, I was yeah. just saying, yeah, you know, you're, I know you, you saw, you knew exactly what he was doing long before he confessed. And he goes, yeah, that's the way I took it. And I go, well, my wife didn't take it that way, yeah. so I am just tell you I apologize. He goes, you got nothing to apologize for. So people think you're throwing shade even when you're not. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I do. I do. I've been subject to that many a time. Just a All right, guys, times. we're going to wrap this up. John, take us away, buddy. Hey, for everyone out there, we hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy watching the Bellator with the World Grand Prix coming up. Semifinals are going to be on fire. Watch the UFC. That's going to be a new light heavyweight world champion. Maybe it'll be Jan Blachowicz again. Maybe it'll be Magomed and Goliath. You never know. But for coming on to our show and watching us, we thank you and we will see you.